Hey guys, this is Mel, here with our first ever pre-episode disclaimer. How fun! So, we recorded this episode on Sunday, July 19th. We recorded it before we saw the preview for Summer Nights that included gay and lesbian couples. And it was before the big announcement today of Wanya Lucas becoming the new Hallmark CEO. So there's a lot of exciting changes afoot, and we cannot wait to talk about them on a future episode. Okay, thanks, bye! Hey guys! Hi Mal! <laughs> hey Mal, hey Dory! Hi Erica! How are we? Depressed. Oh. <laughs> same old, same old, man. Yeah. 2020. 2020 has done a number on me. I'm like, who am I? What am I here for? <laughs> oh my god! What is happening? It's just like it's like literally Groundhog's Day. I know every yeah. day, and I well, also got. Is... Go ahead. Go... Sorry. <laughs> no, you go. Please I was gonna go. say it's like every day, but every day brings a new horror. Oh a new tear. Seriously. It's really been tough. I mean, and I got really sad earlier this week thinking when they announced all the new Christmas movies. Um, I got really sad because we, for the past couple years, would watch them all together and we're probably not going to be able to do that this year. And that just made me really, really sad. Oh, man, I'm going to make this even sadder. This I just... As you said that, realized like I missed last year. I know. So now, like the last time I watched Christmas movies with you guys was what 2018. Yes, it's not right. It like it makes me so for sad. Yeah. Oh, was that our last? Was that our last one? Switched for Christmas. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Or maybe a shoe addicts Christmas. I can't remember. All the CCBs blend. I can't yeah. tell one from what year. Oh, that's so depressing. I know. I was so sad because that like. We, I mean, we do this podcast because we love Hallmark, but it's also just a really great excuse for the three of us to hang out together. And so us not being able to hang out right now is not okay with me. I miss you both very much. Same here. Well, I'm glad we get to do this. <laughs> what a way to kick this off. Woo! I know. Sorry. It's Sorry. It's going to go up from here. You can cut all this. No way. Um, <laughs> no, I totally feel you. This week I got really upset too because I, like everyone's doing, is just binging series they never watched. And I binged The Good Place. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where like one of the guys just starts questioning like, what's the purpose of life? And I was like, oh my God, he's right. What is? Like, <laughs> in the midst of this pandemic, like, what's the purpose of anything? <laughs> Like, what are we what are we doing here? It was a dark, deep moment for me. I mean, we are all reevaluating everything and it's not pretty. Ooh. No. No. How are you, Mel? Better than me and Erica, I hope. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I guess I just wrapped a job. I've been working this entire time and then I wrapped the job on like midweek. And so now I'm watching TV all day and it's really what makes me happiest. Yeah. <laughs> You need an escape, man. I know. So, well, the novelty has worn off on everybody else. It has not quite for me yet, but it, I'll get there and I'll be spiraling. Are you guys like the kind of bingers that if you start 
a series you have to plow through you can't get distracted with anything else or do you hop around a bit depends on the series depends on how much i like it Um, yeah i go straight through i i run straight through like i if especially if it's something i like i become obsessed with it so i have to know what happens next and i have to catch up with everybody yeah so i mean you guys know how fast i ran through the bold type oh yes (laughs) dory's dory's now caught up to where we currently sit it was crazy like it was all i did for probably a week and a half we will talk about it all yes we will we'll get to that well, let's cheer ourselves up and let's talk about Hallmark's recent announcements this yes. week. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like, have they ever announced during Christmas? I mean, I don't know. They could have, and I just never pay attention. But, like, it seems early for them to be staking a claim for Christmas. But maybe not. Maybe they know we're all depressed and we need something yeah. to hold on to. Maybe they're employing the secret. They're like, well, if we say it and put it out in the universe, we'll it will come true. It. <laughs> we'll manifest it. Yeah. I don't know, I was maybe, really shocked. Well, I'm just wondering if, I guess with the pandemic going on, are they committed to shooting these? Like, are they, I guess they just go full steam ahead until they get shut down, if they would get shut down. So what they announced was, what did they announce? That they are going to have 40 movies premiering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 um, movies split between Hallmark Movies and Mysteries and the Hallmark Channel. And they're they're having a fall harvest too. Like it, it is yeah, going to be I mean, business as usual, or so they claim right now. But the fall harvest, like the first movie they list for fall harvest, was that country <laughs> movie with Jesse Schramm. That they, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, that must be why they pulled it last minute because they're like, well, we need to we need to do a fall harvest, and this one we can cram in there. We got to save it. You know what I mean? They put it in the bank. But then they showed the other one, the olive oil one. Yeah, the olive oil one. So they wanted to be like, look, we're maybe making progress, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I I just feel like they didn't they do not need to do 40 movies this year, personally. No. I was I like, this is how. intense. I know. I don't get it. I really don't I mean, I'm happy for all like the actors, writers, directors, crew yeah. members who can work again, but it seems like crazy to do 40 movies during this time i mean it's just insane like can how close can the leads even get to each other are we having high fives instead of kisses this year what's going on well i think they're like the nba where they're in quarantine bubbles while they film yeah you know i just like, oh god i just hope everyone on that set i hope they're doing it safe well that's a thing you know Me too. it's like i want my hallmark movies but i also want them to be done safely and not to feel like not i don't want there to be pressure to get a number you know what right. i mean right right like that's gonna yeah. make people feel like because you know we've worked in the business where there's all these arbitrary deadlines that are set and like you know delivery dates for cuts and stuff that like all of a sudden become like the most important thing in someone's life yeah you know it's like and the whole time we're like well, we're not curing cancer you know we're not even treating cancer we're making television right but it becomes like a heightened sense of like this is the most important thing and you have to kill yourself to get it done um i just hope it doesn't end up like that and who knows because i don't work in scripted it could be a totally different situation but um but I that's think what i like, worry about yeah and i think logistically obviously these things you know sometimes they shoot close up against some deadlines but yeah. I just don't feel like they can easily go get a pickup if they need one or 
Mm-hmm. You know, they should think like, yeah, we can get this done in, you know, eight days, whatever, how many they do, because I just feel like the days are going to be longer because there's more hoops to jump through longer as in like they have, they have to extend their schedule, prep, their shooting yeah. schedule because it, this isn't normal. Like they yeah. can encounter things that they don't even see coming. So I just hope they're not like pressed up against the deadline, like you said, and like freaking out on feeling under doing things under pressure. Yeah, yeah, and then that disregarding any safe. kind of safety measures they put in place, you know. I mean, yeah. of course, this is all conjecture. It could yes. be awesome. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows? It could be great. Yeah, uh, I know. I don't know if you guys saw on Instagram. Um, there was a CCB, Candace Cameron Burr, and um, oh my god, the woman who plays her mother in Aurora Tea Garden, the one who has the incredible memory, Mary Lou Henner. <laughs> Mary Lou Henner yeah. Are, we're like uh, quarantining together. It was very cute. It was very Aww. cute in the same house. Yeah. It was very sweet. So we're um, getting more Aurora too. Like they are back to normal, it feels like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they figured it out. So, I mean, the exciting thing about the announcement is that there was a lot of, there seemed to be some acknowledgement that they have a diversity issue, even though they don't acknowledge, they didn't acknowledge it completely. Mm-hmm. There was at least seems to be some sort of course correcting happening in the casting sense at least the release was like these people from the hallmark family are returning and it was a bunch of actors like our ccbs the Lacys, all of that and then they have like new members of the hallmark family and those people were a lot more diverse and then they released like a slideshow with some of the casting pairs for the movies that are coming. Um, And there are a couple of interracial couples. You know, there are some black stars who will be leading their own Hallmark Christmas movies. I mean, it was very deliberate on their part, I think, Mm -hmm. to highlight the diversity. But like you said, they didn't they they have yet to say like we have been wrong <laughs> yeah. yeah and we want to be better moving forward so i was pleased but at the same time it's like when when are they going to have their public moment of admitting the role they've played and how they are going to change moving forward and i mean erica we we texted about this news and that's the first thing erica said she was like they have not said ever that they made a mistake ever yeah like my favorite one of my favorite housewives lisa rana says just own it you gotta own it like that's all they have to do and i guess they're just playing it safe and i think my when I saw the pictures of a more diverse casting, I was thinking that they're thinking, look, look at all these people of color we've casted. Like, now we're we're good. We're good now. Yeah. And it's like they, they just put up a couple headshots and cast some people. But, like, like I want to know, like, they need to tell me why they've done that. Why have they changed? What finally clicked? Obviously, we know what probably clicked, but image acknowledge issue. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just acknowledge it and say, even if it's just 
we know we can do better. Like, tell me how you're going to do better. And then when they mentioned more diverse people in front and behind the camera, the thing is we'll see actors on screens, but how do we know there's people mm-hmm. behind the scenes, you know, the producers and the writers, like, yeah. I hope it, I hope it's actually happening. I don't think they would lie, but. And there's also like, I mean, I feel like we've, we saw these pictures and we thought, at least I thought, I was like, some of these are suspect a little bit. Like the like the very first movie where they have three leads, right. three pictures. And we were like, well, we know there's not three leads in a movie. There's never been right. three leads in a movie. Right. There's always, it's, I mean, they're romances. There's always the main romance. So it's like either the person of color who is, it's a Broadway actress, right? You're going to have to pull yes. it up. I'm sorry. I'm Crystal Joy up. Brown. When she's like the third face up there, it's like, is she the lead or are they just, is she like the, the you know, the B camera, the B right. character? Right. And they're just like, throwing her up there to show right. her face. Right. Like, look at us. Look, we did it. We did it. It's like. But you didn't right. do it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, and then there's the one, I mean, the one that to me, one that I was like, uh, is uh, the Christmas at Evergreen 4. Yeah, that one show, was the most suspect. Where they show Rukia, who we love and want to get, she should absolutely get her own movie or a lead mm-hmm. in a movie, and Holly Robinson Pete. And it's like, so are they going to be lesbian leads in this movie? Like, I don't right. know, like, why are these the only two? And are you implying that they are the leads? Because. Right. They have, we, they're already in those movies. Yeah. Right. We know their characters at this point. So, like, and we know that the they're... Right. And we know that they have been billed as stars of mm-hmm. this of these movies and ha- and then had, you know, B and five C scenes. Storylines. Yeah. Yeah. So, I am very interested to see what happens with Christmas and Evergreen. Very. Yeah. I really want it to be Rukia's movie this year, and why not? She's already in the movies. We already love her. Give her the give her the damn movie. Like, what are we doing right now? I don't know. Yeah. This is what I've, I I've been thinking about this. And let me know what you guys think about this. I also am not as in tune to all the actors in the Hallmark verse. And do you think that if you enter the Hallmark verse, you know the Avenger Hallmark team, if you enter. <laughs> as a C and B character that you never get moved up. Like is Rukia enters as a B like, cause I'm like, where's Cardi Wong's movie. But th- because he enters as a B and C, cause I see that they cast these new faces, these new people of color. Just, they are like all these new faces. It's like, but why aren't they moving up the B and C, the people? Cause they, do they not realize like this they is a cinematic universe. This is yeah. a cinematic universe for us. We recognize all of these people. We get the stable, they're like we get the players to to us they're stars you know what i mean right right we don't need an outside new brought in when you have the stable here you just move the pieces around i don't that's know that's a good question well they but, did it with britney bristow she was yeah. a friend in every movie and then got mm-hmm. her own holiday movie last year with very unfortunate timing poor yeah. girl it was the weekend of the zola ad upheaval but if they can do it with her why can't they do it with rukia and how long if you've done it once you can do it twice i'm sorry and why did it take that long to do with her you know what i mean like and i also always think about kimberly sustad she has been the friend in a lot of movies and starred in several movies she's like gone back and forth 
Yeah. So they, I, it's, I feel like if you are a supporting character, that's not an excuse. Like you should fully be able to be a lead. Yeah. I wonder if it's, you know, when you're in any kind of job, if you're an assistant or, you know, yeah. on a lower level and you're really good at your job, sometimes your higher ups want to keep you there yeah. because they don't want to lose you. Yeah. And these actors, these, you know, B and C actors, they they are lovable in these movies. Like, they're great, but we know they can do more. But I wonder if it's more like, oh, you're so good at, as the as the best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let, let, let them shine for a little bit, you know, like see what they can do. I hate that. I hate that in all aspects of any kind of I'm job where industry. they just keep you stuck, you know. Right, the and they won't give you a chance. Like, give them a chance. Like, for if you think for whatever reason that like the movie's not going to be popular, the actor doesn't have the chops, like, like whatever, this is the time to take a freaking chance. You do forty movies over the holidays. You can mm-hmm. you have room to take some chances. Not all of these movies are great, okay? <laughs> and yeah. we well, still watch, and them. we call them out. And these, <laughs> Amen. I mean, but these also these actors are celebrities to us. These people yeah. who, like, we, we watch Hallmark, like, think of Andrew Walker, right? That's his name, Andrew Walker. Is yeah. that his name? No, I'm thinking of, um, he's in Chesapeake Shores. Oh, Jesse Metcalf? No, not Jesse Metcalf, who is, he came <laughs> I was in like, a he's a certified star. Well, he came in a lead. <laughs> John Tucker must die. Yeah. No, I mean the guy, he's always the friend in the movies, or the ex-boyfriend that comes to town. Oh, her brother? And, and he's the youngest Chesapeake Shore brother. Um, yeah. He is one of the, another, I mean, and he's like a fucking white guy. And he's like never a lead in these movies. Not that I'm arguing for him to be a lead. I'm just saying it's weird to me that once they decide somebody is not a lead, if they're a B and a C, they're never going to be a lead, except, I guess, on a TV series, on one of their TV series. Andrew Francis. Andrew Francis. And it's yeah. also... And he's, like, the wrong guy a lot of times. Give him a movie! And then I was also thinking, I mean, I might cut this out, because, I again, my catalog is not as in tune as other people's, but we have all of these returning female leads. We have our stable of female leads. And Holly Robinson Pete's one, Tia and Tamara. There's no black male equivalent. There are no black male leads in their stable. None. They bring them in Mm-mm. for one movie. Yep. And you never see them again. None. They don't they don't have a male Holly Robinson Pete. I mean he she has That's her, true. She has and I get it's a female network, but we still have our Michael you know, we have we can name dozens of re- returning male leads right but not one of color right well and they have one with rick fox who's in her morning show mysteries why hasn't why has he never had a movie other than a mystery he'd be great like it's i mean we could drive ourselves crazy trying to figure out their logic (laughs) and maybe we're diving too deep i'm just saying what I was, well, yeah, I just was thinking well, maybe, about things. Well, it also could be the same thing with writers and producers and directors. They probably have this little pool of people they pick from. Yeah. But yet, you know, maybe there's some writers that have pitched stuff and they just need that 
you know, boost of confidence to get their script greenlit or, you know, a producer's assistant or an AD and like let them let them shine for a second, you know, see if they can do it. I completely agree. And I've always wondered why Hallmark doesn't have more like training programs like diversity director programs, writer programs, because, I mean, they churn out movies like crazy. That Mm. must be an excellent way to learn how to write a how to write a good script, how to direct, how to to, produce, like make a movie really fast. Right. Like Hallmark is like training camp. They have so many movies. And so why don't you have like all the major studios have them. They all have diversity programs. They all have like directors, you know, director trainee programs and writer trainee programs. I have always wondered why Hallmark doesn't do that, because then you could get people in the Hallmark family, as they like to to say, and like Mm -hmm. nurture talent and have it be diverse and have like an endless pool of people coming through like why I've never understood why they haven't done that because it's the perfect training ground to learn about making a movie or making a tv show yeah I mean hopefully they will Um, we'll just have to wait and see I guess I know and I don't know if you uh if you got a chance to listen to the on the hallmarkies podcast they did an interview with antonio uh keon who is has been in dozens and dozens of hallmark movies as a b and a c character and he just had some really great things to say that made me look at it a little differently like where he was talking about um casting people of color is just like a band-aid really Mm -hmm, to the problem Mm -hmm. and i know we're really focused on it and it's more of that they need, I mean, and not just Hallmark, but so many institutions just from the bottom up need to be to be diversified from the behind the scenes for things to be ever truly moved forward. And I don't know. I thought it was interesting. He's also someone who deserves a lead and seems to be in the beers, like, you know, a friend of more often than not. I mean, I remember, so he was most recently in Fashionably Yours, and I remember us talking about that movie and being, like, laughing because her decision between these two guys was pointless because they were both cute and successful and seemed great and likable. Yeah. And we were both, we were all like, (laughs) yeah, I'd take either. Yeah. And Antonio was, quote unquote, the wrong guy. Mm, Because Um, he was, like, from her hometown. (laughs) That was the only thing he had going. Yeah. It's always the hometown guy. Just because he was from Arizona. Come on now. Um, But... I think that he definitely deserves a movie. I also think that they need to be talking to other actors like him who really care about diversity and have really good ideas for how they can change. Because the thing that he said in his interview with Rachel from Hallmarkies that really stuck with me was he was like, you can't solve a quote unquote black people problem with a bunch of white people. Yeah. And he's right. Like, they, the executives and the leadership at Hallmark needs to be more diverse 
for them to adequately address these issues. It's never going to be solved by the people who they have in place right now because those are the people who have been in place for a while and Mm. nothing has changed. When the Zola ad fiasco happened, I remember all of us talking about why Hallmark didn't hire diversity consultants and like come up with a plan because they they were not equipped to deal with that issue at all. And it was painfully obvious. And they've never been able to, they've never been adequately equipped to deal with the question of diversity. Like I remember last year, Bill Abbott went on a podcast. I don't remember which one. And when they asked him about diversity, he was like, bumbling and repeating himself and like calling out the movies like with holly robinson pete like as if that make like the movie with one black person makes up for anything like he Mm. didn't have adequate answers for why there isn't lgbtq representation and it was just like you knew someone was going to ask you this question and you weren't even prepared. So they like they are were just really ill-equipped and I've never understood why they have not hired outside assistants to help them. They're not they can't handle this on their own. Mm-hmm. Not if they want to do it right and not if they want to make like meaningful lasting change. So I think they need to be listening to people like Antonio. And others who are talking to them. And I really hope that they are. I hope that, you know, I hope that I hope that they are doing amazing things behind the scenes and we just don't know it yet. I just Mm -hmm. wish they were a little more public with what they are doing because we need to be able to hold them accountable because they've cried diversity before and then nothing changed. So I'd, I'd like them to be a little more public about, you know, what they are actually doing. Can I say something really quick, though? Absolutely. One last thing about the Antonio interview. Absolutely. Um, so in the interview, you should all go listen to it on Hallmarkie's podcast feed. He said something that really moved me, and I just wanted to share it with everyone because we harp on diversity a lot because it's important and it's meaningful. And he said something that kind of encapsulated why I feel like it's really important. And he said... Film and TV cracks your heart open and lets new light enter in and allows your heart to swell into this size that is more all-encompassing. And I thought that was a really beautiful way to describe what we think Hallmark can be at its best and why we think it's so important for the network to champion more diverse voices and have more diverse actors on screen. Cause it really does, you know, the media and TV movies, entertainment, they really can open your heart and just expand Mm -hmm. it. And you can see people who are living a different experience than you are people that you could possibly never meet in your lifetime, but you can engage with them through this medium and I really thought it was a beautiful way to explain why we why we keep at this and why we want Hallmark to be better so badly very true yeah very true did you that did you see under the olive tree branch (laughs) what is it called (laughs) 
Meet me at the Olive Branch. <laughs> the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden. Love it, the Olive Garden. breadsticks. Yeah. Meet me under the Olive Tree Branch. <laughs> that is a winning title. Write that I down. Don't under... Write that down. Listen, I don't remember it. I've just been calling it tree. the Olive Oil movie. <laughs> Love under the olive tree. Wow, far off. <laughs> meet, me, title, but... meet me under the olive tree meet branch. Me at the Olive Garden. So there was a, there's a <laughs> there's a full on gay couple, a gay romance in this movie, but they never once use the word gay. Never once. Right. No. It's. It's like it's so clearly the two like her coworker friend. Yeah, it's a lot of like glances and it's, they're like going on dates together. They're going and on stuff. dates. Yeah. Well, and and it's a lot of her saying like uh, people are like you should get together with him, and she's like I'm not his type, and like <laughs> you know that. And then uh, a lot. Of, it's like almost like they're about to say like it's it's like the the other guy is like. I know they're not together. I know he's not dating her because, and then they get interrupted when he would say, because he's dating me, you know, like yeah. it's a lot of like almost saying and then getting disrupted or, um, so clearly what they were, th- this is my thought is that they're like, well, we want to include a gay character and adults are going to be able to see that this is a gay character, but the word gay will never be said so that a little child watching this doesn't have to go, what's that mean, mommy? You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're going to be like, oh, they're friends. Like, they're not ever going to, they're not going to pick up on it. So I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's like the babiest of baby steps. Yeah. But was so unexpected to me. Like, because I had heard that there was, an implied gay ter- character and we've seen implied gay characters before where it's like they're not even there's no sexuality there even they're just like over the top you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and this was the first time i was like oh my god they're dating <laughs> like there's a gay romance happening under the behind the scenes here so <laughs> they met under the olive tree branch they, they met all of the other uh, yes huh. they were at, they were on that same hayride oh gosh yep. And it didn't go up in flames. So anyway, and they were cute together. Come on, they were very cute together. Come so, on, just ugh, come the on, tiniest Hallmark. of baby steps. I know it was. We've... Well, what I found interesting was people were talking about like, did Hallmark pull that movie from Fall Harvest um, because of the gay couple? And I was sitting there like, I think they pulled this because it's boring. It took me a <laughs> Oh, it took me a week to get through it. I was like, if this was more entertaining, they probably would have kept it on the schedule. It took well, me a I, full I, week yeah. to get through it. I don't think it would have made it that far, too, if they had a problem with it. Like, yeah, they wouldn't have purchased. If it had already been produced, they wouldn't have purchased it because they would have been fully aware. Or if they had bought the spec or whatever, I don't. I mean, they wouldn't have just let it get shot that way. And I don't know. That's what I have my thought. I don't think it would have gotten that far. Um, if they had a problem with it. But everybody but, check it out. If you haven't watched um, Romance hey, Under something. the Olive Tree Branch, <laughs> you should definitely check it out. Hey, why not? So it's not like we've got much else to check out right now besides Christmas movies, I guess, which is good. But um, And then 40 more coming our way, apparently, maybe. <laughs> In apparently, theory. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. Leave it to Hallmark to 
soldier on through a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Put those blinders on. Exactly. Keep going. Those Christmas blinders. <laughs> Everything's great. Santa Claus is coming. <laughs> Ever- Evergreen will rise from the ashes. So let's talk about some of these movies mm-hmm. that are coming out. So I'm excited for, let me pull it up, Jingle Bell Bride. I don't know what it's about, but I like the name. And it stars Julie Gonzalo and Ronnie Rowe. They are an interracial couple. They look super cute. And I have no clue what this movie is about. And I'm ready. I don't care at all. Like, I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. It is hilarious that there's no no summary. No information. I know. And And I don't care. I'll watch it on mute. I don't care. (laughs) I am excited. I'm ready. That's funny. And then we also have A Christmas Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which also looks like another interracial couple um, with Rochelle Aites, A-Y-T-E-S, and Mark Taylor. I'm sorry, Rochelle. I'll learn how to say your name by Christmas, I promise. (laughs) Um, They also have Deliver by Christmas with Alvina August and Eon Bailey, another interracial couple come through don't know what that's about deliver by christmas is it a package is it a baby we don't know i don't care i'm ready to watch so those are some of the more diverse offerings there's also they showed a little preview of christmas in vienna that you can find um on the website i think and that's with sarah drew and brennan elliott that seems like a powerhouse pairing so i'm excited for that one I'm very interested to see what they do with Christmas and Evergreen 4. Like, is this for Rukia? Yeah, yeah yes. I mean, you know how I feel about sequels in general, but we're already know, on the but fourth, but... Erica, did you end up watching two and three? Um, did... I don't... I, I, I think I watched two, but I don't think I watched three. Can I share my favorite Evergreen memory? <laughs> I know exactly what it is. You, Erica knows what it is. And it was in the first one, and we were all watching together. <laughs> and little boy. young David, I think his name is, tried to open a modern-day lock with an antique key. And no one caught it except Erica. And it made me so <laughs> and mad. Erica, Erica was like, wait, pause. No, no, no. Rewind. Rewind. you got to see this. And we're like, what did we miss? And then she rewinds. And presses play, and this child is legitimately trying to get a giant key into a <laughs> tiny lock, and we all just lost it. We were I'm, all dying. I was so mad. I was so <laughs> mad that this happened. I was just like, oh, David, they did you so wrong. Oh, man. But Is that the one also where there was, like, a brown cow born to a... <laughs> White. No, that was another like one I was upper. mad about that was too. A different one. I always, I always get fixated got, on the dumbest crap, don't I? We got we lost some cow genetics. A brown yeah, cow born some... to a white mother. Yeah, I was so confused. Oh my gosh, you guys! I don't even deserve to to critique these movies because I just critique the dumbest crap. Like a normal person would be critiquing the writing, critiquing, you know, the story. No, it's I'm focusing this... on this crap. No, it's all part of the experience. I mean, well, Mel, I'd love to hear your reasoning why for why we should put this oh. latest evergreen in the bracket because I'm not convinced. Okay, well, I mean, we, it's a it's a conversation we can have later for sure. But 
One, if it ends up being the only Rukia vehicle at Christmas, we got to put it on the bracket. Two, I don't know if you guys have seen two and three, but they get more and more bananas as they go. And it really does feel like Hallmark is trying to create a utopian (laughs) society of all of their actors. Like, it's like the Avengers headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) And so every single movie, they're just going to get more and more crowded with all of the staple of characters. And I'm here for that. That's bananas. And I love it. So, Mm. like, Erica, I think it was this last one. It might have been the one before it. They had a giant advent calendar. (laughs) Like, like... Like a giant, like as big as a building advent calendar. And I feel like, I don't know for sure, but I feel like it was like long lost. Like the town couldn't find this giant advent calendar. Yeah. Because it was like behind some. The hidden advent calendar. (laughs) And it's crazy and you know what and it's I love like it crazy. the old townspeople had left it like for what yeah. i like a time oh capsule my gosh. Oh, as you're no. saying this to me i'm like we can't have the fourth in the bracket we absolutely need to have the fourth in the bracket <laughs> i don't know if it's they're if, just gonna get crazier if it's a rukia led movie yes if not we're gonna have to have a longer conversation because <laughs> i don't know if i can do it again and I know that, like, a lot of people love Hallmark for the Christmas magic, like, but that's not for me. I don't but care. It's like, for, it's I don't it's, care it's, for the it's magic. Like the campiest of Hallmark movies. Where all of your, it's like, it's like when you're watching a spinoff series, it's like when Steve Urkel appears on, I don't know, a different show, and you're like, whoa, it's a crossover. I don't know. It was Full House. It's all the same. <laughs> okay. He was on Full House. Or that movie, Camp Cucamonga. Did you ever see Camp Cucamonga? It was yes. a TV movie where they all of our favorite stars from ABC sitcoms went to camp together. Yeah. Anyway, it's like the Camp Cucamonga of Christmas movies. <laughs> I anyway. mean, you guys. It's a discussion I, for a later time. We're, yeah. already, we're already depressed with this pandemic. Let's not argue about this now. Let's okay. push it off until we make the bracket. Mm-hmm. I mean, this will be the hill I die on, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> So, I know we're not a bold type podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I know in our last podcast, we kind of went down a freeform spiral a little bit. We were talking about the freeform as as a companion channel to Hallmark when, hey, when Hallmark's not filling that need for you, check out freeform. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a little Hallmark tie-in. Okay. With freeform, but we'll get there. Keep talking. No, I mean that's that's. I want to hear the tie-in because my segue here is non-existent. Besides the fact that we all liked the bold type, <laughs> we all love the bold yeah. type. So I finally started watching the bold type after years of Erica and Mel telling me I should watch the bold type because um, I listened to my friends after years and i was obsessed i watched it in like a week and a half it is so good it is so fun it is really topical and i mean it's super like i just love their friendship i love stories about like strong female friendships and their little trio makes me so happy um, and it's set in publishing, which is kind of similar to entertainment. So, like, you can kind of, you know, relate because we've all worked in entertainment. And it's just a really great show. But we need to talk about what happened this week because the finale 
came and there had been some controversy with this character Kat and Kat is a black woman and she's one of the three there's three girls yes there's three girls three women I guess young women Mm -hmm. that all work at a magazine together Mm -hmm. and they're best friends and um and it I'm sorry I didn't mean to disrupt you but it's like it does make me feel because last when we were talking about it last week I was like oh Hallmark's messing it up but Freeform's doing it great they're they're killing it and then now we come to find out that they are not actually killing it it's all smoke and mirrors so yes and that's exactly that's a great segue that's exactly what I was going to bring up so the black woman who plays Kat her name is Aisha D I believe she ahead of the bold type season finale she put up an instagram post that revealed some concerns that she had with this past season and with the direction that her character has gone in and she brought up there's like not to spoil anything but there's a romance she's a lesbian character and there's a romance well bisexual And the relationship she's in this season, she did not feel like it was authentic to the character, which I think a lot of people also agreed with. And she also revealed that um, in her time playing Kat, it took three seasons for them to find someone in the hair department who could work with textured hair. She has like very curly, natural hair. Um, and for three seasons, for two full seasons, no one, there was no one there who like had expertise in working with her texture of hair. It took them two seasons to get a black writer, even though it was BIPOC. So it was black indigenous or person of color. Basically it was an all white writer's room. Yes. She was implying for two seasons and during those seasons there are some very sensitive topics like there is a romance with a muslim there's a lesbian romance with a muslim woman and there were no muslim women in the writer's room no black women in the writer's room to give their perspective and aisha brought that up in her instagram post and, you know, Freeform has positioned themselves as a very progressive network. The Bold Type is a very progressive show. They tackle a lot of very progressive topics. And even there, even there, they were so lacking. Like, not even, they couldn't even get hairstylists for this girl. And so Rachel mentioned it in her interview with Antonio as well. And she's mentioned it before where like we are all hyper focused on Hallmark, but the failings in diversity isn't just a Hallmark problem. It is a Hollywood problem. And so I just found it fascinating that even on one of the most progressive shows I've ever seen on a very progressive network, even they were failing and are failing. So, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, they were as bad as conservative Hallmark. And isn't that crazy? Yeah. But wearing a different skin, I guess. I don't know. Like a different front. Wearing a different dress. 
I also wanted to say I talked up Good Trouble a lot. Have you talked? Have you started watching Good Trouble? I haven't started it on yet. Freeform. I love it so much. It's also very, very progressive. Hopefully, progressive behind the scenes. Like I, I need to look into it more. But what I didn't realize at the time is that the term "good trouble" or the is so closely related, if not coined, by Congressman John Lewis, like right. civil rights activist John Lewis. Like I totally was unaware of that. That's something that's basically directly referencing him, right? And something that he says, which it's one of the things, many things that he's famous for saying, is that he likes to cause good trouble, which is like. When you see something is wrong and you stand up to it and you cause trouble to right that wrong, which if you watch Good Trouble, it's basically like what the main characters are constantly doing, especially the very main character, Callie, who's carried over from the Fosters. It's like literally what she lives her life doing. And I just wanted to say that there, I watched this, there's a really good documentary right now mm-hmm. on On Demand. It's called John Lewis Good Trouble. Um, it's on demand. It's like $7. It's cheaper, at least in LA, than what you would pay to see it in a movie. And it's just really great. It's really great watch. It's so moving. So watch that documentary and then go watch Freeform's Good Trouble. Yes. Watch <laughs> it in his say. honor since he just watch passed away. Yeah. And then go watch something that was inspired by him. Yeah. Sorry. I love anyway. that. Didn't Freeform respond to her? Did they respond to her? I mean, they're, I would imagine that they were like, oh, shit, we're wrong. <laughs> we were wrong. Like, they're going to do the opposite of Hallmark. But... Yeah. Because I, I just... their image is being progressive as Hallmark's is being apolitical. Well, yeah. Remember you know? when during the Zola thing, Freeform called out Hallmark? They did? Yeah. When the Zola commercial aired. Oh, yeah. They, they were like, come they on did... board to Freeform. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like, we celebrate the holidays with everyone or something like that. They did respond to her. Freeform, along with Universal Television and the executive producers for the show, sent Deadline.com a response to Dee's post. We applaud Aisha for raising her hand and starting conversations around these important issues. We look forward to continuing that dialogue and enacting positive change. Our goal on The Bold Type is and has always been to tell entertaining, authentic stories that are representative of the world that Kat, Jane, and Sutton live in. We can only do that if we listen. Hmm. That's interesting. Hey, Hallmark, take a note. If we yeah. listen. like <laughs> If we listen. Yeah. And she also had the I should say like she had the full support of the other two leads. Um they both posted her um Instagram post on their own Instagram pages and said that they loved her and supported her and that she's their sister. So, I mean, it was really nice to see her stand up and then find support. But I think that, you know, I had heard I follow a lot of like black TV writers and black like entertainment reporters and they had been kind of talking about Kat's storyline this second half of the season a lot. So I think that she was probably hearing from the audience. Aisha was hearing from the audience a ton like this doesn't feel authentic like what's going on with Kat and I really hope that that empowered her to know that like we support her the viewers like we support her too. Yeah and can we I I don't remember if we said it. I know we're afraid to spoil it, but just to be, like, super clear, the situation is that she started to be in a relationship with 
a Republican, like like a, a someone with very conservative values, that even though they get along day to day and like they're nice people to each other, you know, like whatever that they they get along and they have chemistry. It's like at the end of the day, she supports harmful measures, like things that keep her, you know, keep people down. I don't know. It's well, not a very eloquent way to put it. But. The first time they meet, it's during a confrontation, not with this woman, but with someone close to her about conversion therapy, gay conversion therapy. Like that's the thing that was the sticking point to me with this. It's like, you could do a really interesting story about like a liberal and conservative and like how they, how can they manage during this crazy time where we are all so divided but it is yeah. specifically the fact that this conservative woman, and I know not all conservative people agree with this, but this conservative woman seemingly defended conversion therapy. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's not something you just overlook because no, there's passion there or something or it's like a forbidden love. Yeah. No. And I mean, I mean people kill it, themselves yeah. after they're sent to conversion therapy. Like, that's yeah. not something Acceptable. yeah that's not something that you can just get over well and she's even like just so you know i'm not for it it's like well you supported your father who was for it and you got cat fired for i don't know there's like it's like and even defended him like even you if, yeah, defended yeah. him to her like vocally vocally yeah how and like how are you what's that relationship with her dad you know like totally. how was he supporting this measure of his when his daughter's a lesbian i know like, i mean that would be an interesting storyline there's more to uncover but there. that's not but that's not cat's storyline no right? exactly <laughs> exactly it's not a forbidden love right line. right yeah i don't know but still the bold type is a great show yeah it made me really happy during this dark time for a week and a half, it, you know, lifted my spirits. So I would really recommend it. And it, I mean, and it sounds like Freeform is committed to moving forward and doing better by Aisha. I'm glad they finally got someone who could do her hair. Like, um, yeah. like imagine a white person going from that, going through that, like going on set and someone being like, I've never touched a white person's hair. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> what do I do? It would never happen, you know? Yeah. You'd end up in a Aurora Tea Garden wig. <laughs> One long braid. One long braid. <laughs> the braid. <laughs> Just clip on a braid. Oh man. Anyway. Anyway, it's, I, it's a great it's a great watch. It's a great watch. And I feel like this episode of our podcast is a bit all over the place. <laughs> That's okay. The whole and world I, is all over the place. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've come a little untethered from Hallmark these days, but it's their I, fault. I, I know. <laughs> I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm pointing fingers at Hallmark. Yeah. yeah. But another episode, another show that we have all enjoyed and talked about here, but now Erica has also enjoyed. Yes. And hopefully this show is also diverse behind the scenes. Who knows? Who knows? Is uh, Sweet Magnolias our favorite show of the covid season yes. 
I knew so you guys good. wouldn't steer me wrong. It was great. Yeah, and we wanted to talk a little bit more about Sweet Magnolias, if you'll indulge us. First of all, Erica, what did you think? Like, And this is, and this is on Netflix. This is a Netflix show that is very much in the vein of Hallmark, but yes. it's not a Hallmark show. I yes. just loved that there was, like, so many storylines because it's not just these three women. It's their kids. And then it's, you know, business partners or the sh- other chef in the kitchen or you know, a mother or a husband and then his mistress. Like, there's so much, Mm -hmm. but it never becomes, like, overwhelming. And I love the setting. However, there's one thing that bothered me. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, why do I always got to be so negative? But I could not take Chris Klein's accent. Yeah, it wasn't great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why was he the only one who had, like, an accent accent, like a good old boy accent? (laughs) And nobody else seemed to have any kind of accent. Yes, they said y'all and, you know, yeah. some southern cliche phrases. Yeah. But his was, like, real hardcore. And every time he talked, I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. But I thought, like, I like, I like him, you know. Yeah. It's good to see him again. It's good to see him. Him, him and Jimmy, Jamie Lynn. I know, you know, I know. Free, free Britney, man. Oh, Hashtag free Britney. Don't even. That's a whole other podcast. I know. Yeah, I know. we could do a full hour on free Britney. I, I got yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Um, but no, I loved. I loved also another great series with um, friendship. Uh, you could. It's those kind of shows like that, and also the bullet type. I really feel like those women are friends, even yeah. off yeah. camera. Like you can't make chemistry if it doesn't if it's not naturally there and i feel like they really had great chemistry the three lead women it's interesting that it's also three female leads that are friends Mm -hmm. and that came into the show like you start at at jump they're friends you know just like the bull type yeah yeah and it's nice to see like how they're there for each other but yet they're honest with each other like Mm -hmm. those are the kind of friends you want in real life yeah. I mean, it just felt like a Hallmark show. It felt like what should have been a Hallmark show, except more diverse. They went further with the storytelling, but not too far. It's just a great watch. I've watched it twice. It's so good. But Mel read the the first book yeah, of the series. Say, so I wanted to Dory and I were just that. talking the other day. Because Dory was like, hey, we should start a book club where we read the first book. And then I read the first book. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy. Did it follow? Yeah. <laughs> Did it follow the book pretty closely? No, I mean, yes and no. So the first book is only Maddie's perspective. So it's, and that's basically the same story of, it starts the same way. Like she's in the, you know, she's in the courtroom working to get divorced from Bill, I believe his name is, right? Her husband, Chris Klein. And all those scenes in the show are basically the same things that are in the book where she like meets the coach and the coach is like, wait, she's available now. In the book, there's a 10-year age difference. She's like 40, 41. He's 30, whatever. Um, but it's like a big deal. The thing that was interesting to me about the books, or at least the, this first book, is that it is not diverse. It is all, they're all white. There's no gay character. Like that That character at the spa is played, is just a woman, like just a woman assistant. And there's also, like, a whole lot of talk about their weight. They're constantly talking about their weight. They're talking about the things they're eating, the calories they're eating. It just feels a lot less progressive than the TV show. Hmm. So basically, someone took the basis of the characters and the basis of the narrative and, I think, made it better. Like, amplified it, added 
nuance, added different characters, made it richer, in my opinion. Not that I'm saying don't read the books, but I I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the, the show. Yeah. That being said, I'm already partway through book two. <laughs> Wait, did you read the book first and then watch the show or watch no. the show and then read the book? I watched the show and then read the book. And then book two is all Dana Sue's POV. And I don't know if this is a spoiler. I hope it's not. I honestly hope they skip this storyline totally in the TV show. But it's all her daughter, Annie's, dealing with a really bad eating disorder where she almost dies and is, like, in the hospital. Mm. And it's dark and it's I'm not there for it. Well, I think it's really interesting because... The writer of Sweet Magnolias, the series, is the is also the writer of the Chesapeake Shores series. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's very interesting to see the difference in the product of the show based on whose hands it's in. Because it yeah. sounds like Netflix took a lot more creative license to make one of the friends black, to make one of the friends plus size, you know. I mean, um, she is. Dana Sue, I think they hint that she's plus size, but she's not okay with it. She's constantly talking about mm. how she wants to get back to her willowy figure. And her daughter is like, it's part of the reason she becomes anorexic. And I'm just like, I'm not here for that. I don't yeah. know. I'm just like, I. it feels antiquated. And I just... That's hard. I'm, I'm hoping that it's leading to them, to the, the 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 magnolia, the sweet magnolias realizing that their behaviors and their obsession with their weight is trickling down, and maybe they all need to whatever. But mm-hmm. like, it's not there yet, so I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I just know. saying I like how you know, and and it's interesting to see how in different hands the shows turn out differently because I'd imagine that Chesapeake Shores is more closely aligned with the books and they didn't really take as many chances yeah um, I haven't read the books but that's at least what it seems like whereas in Netflix they kind of just took the basis of this town mm-hmm. these women mm-hmm. and some of the things that they go through and like built upon that so I mean I think it just shows also that another example that Hallmark just needs some new blood in these writing rooms to kind of change course a little bit because Sweet Magnolias was also a really big hit for Netflix. It did really well. It was always every day that I went and watched it, it was always in like the top five, top 10 shows of, of all Netflix for weeks. It was so popular. It got tons of press um, even during a pandemic. So I I think it's a really good example of what Hallmark could and should do moving forward. They should honestly use it as a template. Like, there are more of these series, book series, out there with other authors. Like, there are tons. Mm -hmm. Take your pick. You guys, the new Babysitter's Club reboot, Hallmark could take (laughs) a page from that. That, that was, was excellent. More progressive than Hallmark would ever yes. dare to be. Like, yeah. Babysitter's Club is doing things right. It was amazing. It was. It gave me all the nostalgia, but still felt fresh and but new. updated it. Yeah, well, it's another. Totally I mean, that series it. too. They updated it, and in ways that it absolutely needed to be updated. Um, except that the diabetes was still considered like taboo <laughs> such a taboo thing which that was such a great hilarious. episode though i yeah, loved that episode when they have that meeting 
with all the parents and the doctors i know and the doctor is like hi i'm a doctor and i knew that stacy had diabetes instantly and she manages it well and y'all need to shut up it's not that serious (laughs) i was like yes girl it was such a cute those little kids are so cute. And they I, are so cute. How cute were, is Claudia? There were multiple yeah, no. times where I was watching it and I was like, you know, am I too old to be watching this? Who cares? Who cares? This is adorable. It's so cute. Claudia and her grandma were just Aww, too much. I, I just could yeah. not handle it. But also I loved, okay, I loved Dawn in the books and I love her in the show because she is so california yeah like they go to a new moon ceremony and i was like (laughs) oh yeah like this is me like i have turned into dawn and she's oh my gosh i just loved it so much and her mother is just flighty and all over the place but also so great and so cool and i just thought it was so funny I loved Dawn. They did a really good job with her. I love that she's Latina. Who is your favorite, Mel? Did you have Uh, a favorite? I mean, I've always loved Claudia. I mean, she's like a... She's so damn cool. But I also really do like... um, I'm a Marianne fave. I also feel like I am a Marianne. Yeah. But I want to say, Erica, was it crazy seeing the demon from The Good Place as Marianne's father? I know. I was just like... (laughs) I just saw him somewhere and I was like, oh, yeah, he was. He, he was, was the somewhere. devil, yeah. <laughs> basically. I it's love crazy. him. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. But no, and it was so cute seeing Alicia, Alicia Silverstone as yes, Christy's mom. mom. Um, oh my gosh. the Her wedding episode, I cried when she was pulling out of the car. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I cried. I know. And then they have this emotional conversation, and Christy's like, "Oh my God, I got my period today." <laughs> <laughs> it was I know, so good. I know it was really cute. And then when they went to camp, I was like, "God," I just kept thinking how much I loved camp. Like, I know. And they and I was wondering the whole series. I was like, "Where are Mallory and Jesse?" Because I yeah, loved I know. Them. And there they were. There they were. Little Babysitters Club Juniors. Oh, there they alternate were. Numbers. Alternate yes. numbers. Oh my gosh, those, I mean, it just brought me back to childhood, you know, and it's such an insane, like intense generational thing. Like I just, all of my friends, all races, we all read those books. Like it was, I did not talk to one friend who like hadn't read those books when they were growing up, girlfriends. And someone on Twitter said they don't understand why Claudia's vice president, even though they meet at her house and she provides all the food. And I was like, (laughs) so true. And the art supplies. And and the art supplies. She does marketing. It's like she's got the extra phone line. You know, those were cheap back in the day. Right. Mimi's down there making them tea. And but Christie's the president. Okay. I also think Claudia didn't want that response. Yeah, I don't think so either. She just wanted to paint. So clearly this episode has just been us talking about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. (laughs) And since we've touched on film, (laughs) TV, (laughs) preteen TV, books. um, It's time for music. Time for music. So Dory texted us yesterday and said, has anyone listened to the Dixie Chicks album? The new Dixie Chicks. Now they're just the Chicks. They've changed their name. They're just the Chicks. And they have a new album. I think the whole album is called Gaslighter, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so I gave it a listen yesterday. So did I. I love it. 
to me, it's like the 90s all over again. <laughs> it's like my Ani DeFranco, my Tori Amos, my angry lady <laughs> rock. <laughs> um, Dory, what prompted that text from you? Please tell us. Well, I kind of, in my periphery, knew that the chicks had changed their name and they were coming out with a new album. And it was a big deal because it was their first album in like 14 years. But I'm not, like, a huge country music fan, so I, I wasn't, like, super looped in. and But I knew it was coming. So then on Twitter, all of the sudden, the day it was released, people were just raving about it, saying they loved it. Um, I read some of the lyrics, and I was like, I gotta listen to this. Like, this sounds insane. So... I took the dog out for a walk and I saw that it was a nice like 45 minute album. I was like, perfect. I'm just going to listen to this. I was just walking the streets of Los Angeles with my jaw (laughs) on the ground. Just like so it brought me so much joy, even though the album is like full of rage and anger and sadness, but it felt good good like it felt so good to hear natalie a lot of the album is natalie like just going in on her ex-husband and she is mad and it but it just felt cathartic to like hear a woman's anger like that Mm -hmm. oh my gosh because i think we're all angry right now you know like part of us is angry like there's so much anger just bubbling in all of us right now And I just felt like I just wanted to, like, kick someone's ass after I listened (laughs) to it. I just loved it so much. And so as I was so I was listening to it in the first half, I was like, yes, this is great. This is so good. And I got to a song called Tights on My Boat. And I texted Erica because I know Erica loves country music. And I was like, "I, I don't know what to say, but, like, I need you to listen to this. And. Erica, as if she read my mind, she was like, I will listen to the whole album, but what song? Like, what's the song? Like, what song has you in this frenzy? And so I sent it to her and she listened to it and she's like furiously texting me back. And that's when I was like, you know what? We got to talk about this on the podcast. Mel has to listen. I don't know if she likes the chicks, but she's got to listen to it. It just made my entire day. Oh, my gosh. She basically just rips in. To her ex-husband. And if I was that guy, I would change my name. I'd change my face. I'd change everything about me because you're in, you're on blast and there's no recovering from this. No. Like she t- rips him limb from limb and yes. I loved it. Yes. Like nothing. Uh, I mean, when you could. I was telling Dory, like, you know, in divorces, they get messy. People want money, especially when they're such a wealthy side like um natalie but i would be like give him all the money he wants because this like he cannot recover from this no like who cares about the money like you won the war girl like oh i mean the first lyrics in tights on my boat are (laughs) i hope you die peacefully in your sleep just kidding i hope it hurts (laughs) like you hurt me and yeah. I I screamed out loud in the middle of the street because it's not always the case that a woman 
is so honest in a song and so blatant with her anger. I mean, to say, I hope you die peacefully in your sleep. Just kidding. Oh, it was so beautiful. I loved it. Mel, did you love it as much as we did? I did. I mean, I only listened to it yesterday on a walk. I need to listen to it more. I really love Juliana Calm Down. That's a great song. To me, it was like, you know, it's like Lemonade, an album that's perfect, Mm -hmm. where it documents the anger of a breakup by via cheating although Mm -hmm. lemonade they get back together again spoiler alert whereas this literally ends with her being like the only thing you can do right now is to sign those divorce papers (laughs) like (laughs) she's like set me free set me free yeah which i love and i also was like because i i've been listening of course to the sweet magnolia books on tape or whatever the audio books and i'm like wow this is this album is basically maddie's storyline in sweet magnolia's as well which basically ends with her being like just sign those papers you know like right we're done we're done so i don't know it all ties in everything ties in see we have a plan we have a plan for this podcast that's right it all came full circle i mean sorry to bring it back to the chicks but that what the song the the single gaslighter the title of the album that song where she she like calls out his father that's going so nuts to me. Like she says something like gas lighter, repeating all the mistakes of your father. Like, ouch, man. Ouch. It is crazy. Like she lays it all bare. Like she straight up in tights on my boat says like, will your dad pay your taxes now that I won't? It's like, oh my God, you are just laying it all out there. She talks about how he brought like the side chick to her show at the Hollywood Bowl and like, oh my goodness. It was crazy. It was so good. That's what I was going to ask you because I don't really, I'm not really in tune with the chick. So this is a Natalie Maines divorce story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And they were married, married for like 17 or 20 I think she years. Says 20, I think she says 20 years 20. in one of the songs. Yeah. 20 years and, down the drain or something. And I think it just got messy. From what I remember, like it got messy with money, obviously. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. I think they're that like, so they did sign a prenup because I think they got married after the Dixie Chicks hit big. So like good for her for signing a prenup. And I think he was like contesting the prenup, which is such a dick move. Like you have nothing to do with the Dixie Chicks success. I mean, you do now because you are the star of this album, Yeah, but (laughs) you should not get any money. And he was also trying to block some of her songs getting released. I think like, I think he knew that she was like out for blood and he was probably like flailing but the i mean he didn't get that judgment like the songs came out and it's a great album yeah and she's gonna make so much money off of it i (laughs) know i know can you imagine seeing when we can see concerts again can you imagine seeing her sing these songs live yeah to a crowd full of pissed off women yeah. You're right, Erica. He needs to move to a different country, different planet. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not worth it. No. I'm sorry, man. Listen, I don't wish heartache and mayhem on anyone, but man, I love albums like this. Those are the best albums. <laughs> I 
Well, I just do, like I do. when just I love like, memoirs like this. I love I I love to hear about the spiral. We used to talk about about the spiral. I love to hear the stages of the spiral. That's I know, right. and that's that's why like I hate to say this, but I just wanted Adele's marriage to fall apart because <laughs> she writes the best post breakup albums. She and sure she's only does. got three, but they're amazing. She sure does. This next one's going to be fire. Oh, God. Ugh. Ladies, don't let your husbands on your boats alone. Nope. <laughs> Step one, get a boat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Step one, live by the water. I'm glad the chicks are back. I'm glad. Welcome. Welcome back, the chicks. Welcome back. I love a good fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are there any final words we want to say i i feel like i don't know how to sign off i don't know thanks for listening to all this nonsense yeah this is weird hopefully we'll get back to format at some point whatever format we had whatever loose format we had i mean hopefully something on here resonated with you i know this was all over the place so bless you for making it to the end well that's it then thanks for listening to this mess (laughs) (laughs) hope you followed it only quality from us here at all that's right have a good one (laughs) bye thanks for listening (laughs) bye bye i hope you die peacefully in your sleep just kidding i hope it hurts like you hurt me i hope that when you think of me you can't I hope you never find a sock to match the other one. Hey, will your dad pay your taxes now that I'm done? I can promise you're not fooling anyone. And you can tell the girl who left her tights on my boat that she can have you now. Yeah, you can tell the girl who left her tights on my boat that she can have you now. You're gonna get what you got.